It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 43, Legendary Heroes, Part 1. Legendary Heroes! The Heroes of Legend! Ah, yes, Jimmy. Let me tell you the tale of these heroes legendary. Golly, the legendary heroes? Are you telling me the legend of the legendary heroes? Well, just part one. Oh, I guess I'll have to wait until tomorrow for part two. Next week. I'm busy tomorrow, I'm afraid. It's my croquet club. (laughs) It's literally just a a club where you go and hang out with croquet. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a chill club, actually. I'd be into that. He would charge a cover fee, though. It'd be like a it'd be like a club club. There'd be dancing. Uh, hi, Jimmy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have a bit of a scratchy throat uh, this week, so that that might come out. uh, If I if I cough, I'll try and edit it, but we'll see. Otherwise, I'm doing really good. Well, you can do all the the random voices in this episode because there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ones that I feel like are falling sort of in my my scratchy throat register, so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this episode though, because I feel like we're getting into some like not magical weird shit. If yeah. that makes sense, like we've had we've had weird shit, we've had magical weird shit, and now we have like a whole new brand, a whole new world of weird shit. A dazzling place on near. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyway, don't, that's as much as I can yourself. think of that before we get sued. Uh, all right. Well, before we talk about the episode, uh, let's talk about uh, our recommendations. Uh, Jimmy, as you know, every week before we talk about the episode, we like to give our listeners a recommendation of something they can do with their 20 minutes because we value their time even if they don't. Uh, and I'm curious what your recommendation this week is. Well, it's funny you should say 20 minutes because my recommendation this week is to go and watch the Netflix original show, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, I've been hearing such good things about this. It's a sci-fi anthology series um, directed by Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool. Mm -hmm. And it it adapts all these, uh, I wouldn't say old sci-fi, but reasonably, uh, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, sci-fi short stories. uh, And each one forms an episode of this anthology series um, that are... Super short. If you only have a little bit of time, I think the longest episode is only like, uh, like seventeen minutes. So you don't even have to sit there for twenty minutes. Just seventeen. Oh, nice. <laughs> even shorter. Even Perfect shorter. for my attention span. But oh, they're look. all different uh, genres, um, from really like goofy stories to like really intense, like violent stories. Um, they're animated in different styles. One of them was animated by, I think it was the the very first concept artist for Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Um, but don't watch it with your parents because there is lots of nudity and gore. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You will that see because... boobs and ding-dongs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that because I knew that one of the stories was based off of, or maybe two of the stories are based off of, 
some John Scalzi uh, short stories. Yes. And like I, I just recently started writing, uh, reading Scalzi stuff and I'm, I'm loving it so far. So I was interested in that. But then I heard one of them is about, and I'm going to get this wrong so you can correct me. It involves at one point Kim Jong-un giving fellatio to Hitler. Is that correct? I don't think Kim Jong-un is in there. Is it Kim Jong-il? I don't remember him being in there, but is it one yes, of the Kim's Jong? You do see Hitler getting fellatio. So like, but it's like animated in the store in the. It's animated in a way that's like something you would see in like a really cute, like product demo. Does that okay. make any sense? All right. It's like really cute little animated characters, but it's Hitler and various ways in which he could have died and how that would affect history. Ah, I see. Okay. So they do it in kind of like a, like a cutesy way. It's very cutesy. Okay. So like to give maybe our listeners a comparison, like, did you watch any of um, Devilman Crybaby? No. Okay. So that's like very graphic very violent like gore almost for gore's sake like for shock value's sake this sounds like it's more like yes there will be those themes but they'll be depicted in sort of a light-hearted way uh sometimes okay all the i guess it is an anthology are, yeah the episodes are animated in very different ways and some of them are extremely realistic and you'll see like soldiers getting their arms ripped off or whatever and blood splattering everywhere and that kind of thing and some are animated like hand-drawn and others are like just you know computer animation almost in sort of a like a blizzard cinematic sort of way oh okay that makes sense all right that does make sense yeah okay well i mean like i said this is not the first time that this has been recommended to me so i'm really excited to watch it myself but no it's good uh, and short I yeah, and short, I feel like is the is the the key thing there because I'm always like, oh man, I would love to start this new Netflix original show or whatever, but oh, the episodes are an hour long. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that or Queer Eye tonight, so <laughs> <sighs> you know. Yeah, and so they cool. range from like really dark episodes to really lighthearted episodes. There's one where yogurt takes over the world, like the the food. Product? Like like the food product, it becomes super intelligent. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could see it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. All right. Yeah. Love, death, and robots. Cool. And it's, on Netflix, it's on Netflix, right? Just Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if it's on UK Netflix. I would imagine it is. I think it is. I I, I know I've at least seen ads for it, so I'm pretty sure. Okay. It is. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Sweet. I wanted to hear what you think. Yeah, I'll let you know. What is your recommendation this week? Well, you know, you mentioned some dark themes uh, in your recommendation. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is entirely dark themes in that I recommend enabling dark mode on literally everything you can. Hey, I, I get a it. Thing, a thing that happened recently. So, okay, a little bit of backup, uh, ba- background story. I... Work from home now. I work for a tech company. I spend pretty much my entire life on a computer now. And every now and then, it makes me sad, but not in like a depressed way, in a like, I wish I could make this more goth way. Uh, Okay. 
Okay, so 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 a thing that I've noticed is it really bugs me when I have a lot of like bright colors on my computer. I, part of it, part of part of it might be like I don't know, like glare, or part of it might be eye strain. But also, part of it is like I want to make everything on my computer as dark as possible at all times, and it's, it's extended down to my phone as well. Uh, so Google Chrome, like a month ago, released an official dark mode theme that you can download from the the web store so if you use google chrome uh you can download that if you use like firefox i think they have something similar Hmm. but essentially what it does is it makes all your tabs and the taskbar and everything at the top uh black and then you can also apply that to your new tab page and make that dark so when you enter a new tab it doesn't go to that like all white uh page with like all the chrome apps or whatever uh i use for for personal use i use a windows machine and i set it so my background is black my lock screen is black my taskbar is black well okay technically it's a dark gray because i don't let you do actual black but uh i i have everything in dark mode so all the settings windows come up with a black background and i've done that to my phone uh well i i i changed it because i had to watch a video but I, I tried doing it to my phone where i turned on a feature called smart invert hmm. uh which is in if you're if you have an iphone uh it's under general and accessibility and then uh color see i should look this I'm up i'm literally doing I... it right now i'm gonna okay find this so so it's, so it's actually it's really interesting because uh apple has a bunch of accessibility things that are like neat for anyone like not necessarily people who are like colorblind or have you know vision impairments or whatever they're just like cool and useful things to have so uh if you go to general accessibility display accommodations invert colors and you can do smart invert and what it does is it inverts the colors of everything on your phone except for images so images don't appear in that weird like oh this is spooky this person has been inverted so i did that and oh this is weird it's all very my, weird. My color, all my app icons are now like dark versions of them. Right, which I really like. Uh, and then I went to color filters and I turned on the grayscale color filter. And I've messed with this a little bit. So essentially what it does is it makes your phone this like noir, like almost, it almost looks like it's an e-reader at all times, <laughs> right? Like it's got uh-huh. like a gray background with like a white text um, oh neat! It has like colorblind options. I didn't know they were. Yeah, even and and well, and, and what I've discovered through this is like I don't want to have the grayscale on all the time. But what I can do is I can assign that to, uh, what's it called? Um, accessibility shortcut. Mm-hmm. So all the way at the bottom of the accessibility page, you can hit accessibility shortcut, and that is what happens when you triple click your home button. A little window pops up, and you can tell it what accessibility features you want to enable or disable. Hmm. So I can turn grayscale off and on. I can turn smart invert off and on, all through triple clicking my home button. And what I've learned through all of this is like I don't want to have grayscale on all the time or invert on all the time. But what I do want to have is the blue yellow colorblind filter on all the time because while I'm not blue yellow colorblind, apparently that's just like a super common thing in men in in general. Um, it helps actually. It like makes my iPhone easier to read for some reason, and I, I never would have known about it, and I never would have thought about it if I hadn't tried making everything goth black noir uh, first. Uh-huh. So uh i'm 
actually I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty happy about it and i feel like the accessibility settings are something that not enough people know about and specifically making your computer as black as possible is not a thing that enough people have tried well i can't help but notice i'm down here in the filters and you can also uh instead of making your phone uh like a 1930s noir film you can there's a color tint option mm-hmm. and so it has two sliders hue and intensity so you can if you want Make your phone entirely green, like neon green oh, or blue. Oh, d- you or turned the, the anything hue all the way you want. Up. Yeah. Really. Oh God, this is terrible. <laughs> I, I guess mean, if you really for... like the color green or blue or whatever, you well, can like, just make your whole phone look like that. But like that's what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's under accessibility settings for a reason because people who need certain accessibility settings turned on will like know to look for that thing. Yeah. But I feel like that's doing such a disservice on all sorts of electronic devices because people who will also get use out of them don't see them or like don't even think about it. So I guess my recommendation is twofold, like enable dark mode on everything and also just like take a look at what accessibility features your computer has or your your cell phone. Like, I don't even know what Android phones have. They might have more stuff. They might have less. Uh, but just like take some time playing with them to see if any of them make your experience better because yeah that's pretty cool it might even if you're like not colorblind or don't need your screen zoomed in or whatever it might still be nice all right so yeah sorry that was kind of a long one uh (laughs) no it's really neat i had no idea that feature was there yeah so that's kind of what i learned uh Oh, uh, sorry. Before we talk about the episode, uh, I'm really glad that I wrote this down because I would forget otherwise. Uh, we got an email. Oh. Uh, we actually got two emails. Uh, okay. So one literally just came in three minutes ago. Uh, one came in on Monday, and uh, they're both from listeners named Thomas. Two different listeners named Thomas. Oh, I'm beginning hello, to think that only Thomases listen to our show. Oops, no, that's all not Thomas. <laughs> so uh, I want to take a second to uh, to read these emails because one has a really good question, and the other one I have not read yet, but it's titled Season 2. So we're going to see what that is. Does that sound okay? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this is from Thomas. I'm just going to give a last initial here. Thomas M. Hope that's okay. Uh, Thomas uh, says, Hello. I'm a new listener, I'm catching up, and I'm having a blast. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and then they ask, are you planning on doing more podcasts on other anime in the future, such as Pokemon, Dragon Ball, Digimon, Sailor Moon, etc.? Thanks for reading. Sincerely, Thomas. Oh. Hmm. That, I thought, was an, uh, an interesting question, because, like, we haven't really talked about it. Like, we brought up maybe doing something different in Season 2, but I don't know... Maybe I can maybe I can pose the question in a different way of like if we were to do other podcasts, would we do it about another anime? If so, what? Yeah, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about doing. And so, would we be doing an entirely separate podcast and this podcast? I mean, that's kind of the implication here. Like that yeah. would be the that would be the perfect world. I think if we get even more podcasts. Yeah, like if we had if we had more time and maybe less of a <laughs> less of a time restraint, uh-huh. uh, we could we could uh, we could do that. I certainly like my initial feeling was probably not like I don't really see that in our future, um, but not for lack of want. 
Yeah. I think for lack of time. But time and like me personally, I feel really comfortable talking about Yu-Gi-Oh every week because like I know nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh the cartoon, but it's not a cartoon that seems to like take itself that seriously. So I feel okay being wrong about it the majority of the time and like calling it out for its shit. Mm-hmm. I would not want to do the show that we do now for actually good anime. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't want to like, talk shit about good anime. No, like I, I'm sure there are people who are like qualified to talk shit about Sailor Moon, but I'm not one of them. Like yeah. I would be, I would definitely be the person who calls out the wrong thing and annoys lots of people who have been in the, that sort of sphere for much longer than myself. So probably not on that front. Um, I do have an interest, though, and maybe we can even discuss this as, like, bonus episodes. Uh, I do have an interest in anime that sort of fit the same genre as Yu-Gi-Oh! Where they're, like, early 2000s anime... Just say Beyblade. Well, I know okay. you want to say Blade. Beyblade, Beyblade is one of them. Beyblade is one of them. <laughs> yes. Granted. But it's an anime that was designed specifically to sell a toy. Mm-hmm. Or, a, or a line of toys, and it... it, it became a series sort of despite that and i don't mean like power rangers like power rangers was kind of its own thing in china already you mean like beyblade <laughs> i mean like well okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna say beyblade bakugan do you remember bakugan no bakugan are ridiculous <laughs> bakugan are like beyblade but they're like balls uh, and you, sh- you you like throw a little ball oh. into the field and it unfurls and becomes a monster. Oh, that's kind of cool. It, it is. It's a bad cartoon. I probably um, saw commercials for it and then just completely forgot. Yeah, exactly. So that was another show that like I got really into because that was just Baku kind of the It is Baku gone sh- from my memory. <laughs> New podcast title, Baku gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> Where we talk about an episode of Baku gone in less than a minute. Oh fuck! I want to do that now. Um, but like shows like that, I would feel very comfortable doing because that fits our sort of format already, where we don't need to take it very seriously. To like, I don't know, do a show. Also, that's I don't know. The point of this show is not to make more shows. The point of the show is just for you and I to shoot the shit for like an hour a week. Yeah, or two hours a week, as it's been lately. We've been um, uh, really getting up there with our episode time, so we're gonna, I really want to try and bring it down a little. I think season two. I think season two will we'll figure out a way to change up our format to make that uh, make that a little bit easier to digest. Um, oh, but the other reason I wanted to bring up this question is while you and I may not do podcasts and other animes, there are really good anime podcasts out there. Um, yeah, why do you want to listen to us talk about anime when you can actually listen to someone who knows what they're talking about talk about anime? Well, I mean, in some cases they do, and in some cases they don't. Uh, so, like, one really good uh, Dragon Ball podcast is called Ballin' Out. Uh, I think it's been, a li- it's been a little bit since I've listened, but I think they're still doing Ballin' Out Super is what they're calling it because they're in Dragon Ball Super. Um, they do, obviously, Dragon Ball um there's all along the watchtower which is a uh, justice league and justice league unlimited and i think young justice podcast oh man um, justice so league they, unlimited was such a great show it, an amazing show right so they kind of just grab an episode randomly from those seasons so they've done like batman the animated series to justice league to unlimited to teen uh justice all sorts of crazy things um they're on the same network as 
uh, Teenagers with Attitude. Uh, it's the um, Audio Entropy Network. Mm. So they also have uh, Digital Moncast, which is a Digimon podcast. Uh, they have Totally Reprised, which is a uh, Totally Spies podcast. <laughs> totally Spies. Um, oh, they man. had they had a Beast Wars podcast that I'm forgetting the name of. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Audio Entropy is a, is a great place for like, if you want to listen to this style of show, uh, but about a, a sort of larger range of anime. Um, do you have any that you listen to that I might be forgetting? Are there any like others in this in this sphere? Not really. Um, that makes sense since I kind of forced you into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts anymore just because... They're usually what I put on when I'm driving somewhere, and my commute's pretty short now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. If if there is any that we like, we've left out. Um, you know, if people want to give Thomas a hand and like recommend some, definitely email them to me. Uh, but you can also put them like in our uh, Instagram comments on our on our pictures, or just add us on on uh, Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope that answers the question, uh, Thomas. If you if you feel like doing an anime podcast in the future, like totally do it. It's getting easier and easier to make a podcast these days, as I think we're proving. So uh, if there's a podcast out there that you're passionate about, I think I said the same thing last week. Like, go talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. The second email. Second Thomas. Okay, so this is Thomas, uh, O4Mouse on Twitter, uh, who's written to us before and said, uh, hey, I just wanted to reach out and say that I definitely want to hear more of Duel Monsters next season. I liked the Battle City season a whole lot when it was originally airing, and looking forward to what you think about that arc. So the next season is Battle City, is sort of the name of the arc. All right, the um, whole city of battle. Also, so I've been meaning to do this for, for a while. I know I keep making this episode longer, and I'm sorry not sorry about it uh thomas sent us another email a while back that i'm going to find for us now because what my original plan was is like when i was in the process of moving and getting settled and finding a job i i wanted to do more bonus episodes and uh longtime listeners of the show might remember and ask for fan fiction uh and I, I read one thing as like a separate episode and it, it did okay. It was, it was fine. But so Thomas sent us fan fiction that's not that long. But Jimmy, I was wondering if you would be willing to make this, to put less time into discussing this episode, if I can have a few minutes to read Thomas's fan fiction as part of the episode. Okay. I know I'm throwing you a curveball here. This is totally pulling an audible. Uh, but this is something that I have been legitimately, Thomas, between you and me right now, bud, I have been putting this off because I do not think that I can read this out loud to Jimmy. Uh, oh, great. With a straight face. This pushed me to my limit. And, I, and now you're going to spring this on me? Just and out of the blue. That's the only way to do this, though. Is the thing. I think that's the only way that I can I can elicit a legitimate reaction, and then I want to see if we can do an actual episode. And maybe this will help us make a shorter episode because we'll be so uncomfortable. <laughs> so, 
This is from a friend of the show, Thomas, 04Mouse on Twitter. So can I play this? Jimmy pulled a card from his hand and looked up at Tyler. I'm sorry. I have to cover the screen right now. I cannot look at your fucking face. I'm going to make that full screen. Oh, okay. my God. What? It's about us? <laughs> this is fan fiction about you activated my podcast. So can I play this? Jimmy pulled a card from his hand and looked up at Tyler. No, you need to sacrifice two monsters before you can something, summon something that powerful. Oh, sorry. Jimmy put the card back in his hand, embarrassed at making such a simple mistake. Jimmy never understood dual monsters, despite watching so many of Tyler's games. Sometimes Tyler had to sacrifice monsters, and sometimes he didn't. He felt like most of the time the players just made it up as they went along. I mean, it's true. It's true. It was a hard game to learn. With no text on the cards, most people didn't bother to learn all the rules. Tyler put a card face down on his side of the field and ended his turn. Tyler was always good at card games, ever since he was in kindergarten. Now he was probably the best duelist in the country of Japan, America. Jimmy was pretty nervous being uh, across from such a good duelist, even if it was just to try and learn the game. He looked at his hand. He had one weak monster, Ghost Rick, on the field, and not some very useful spell cards, and a green-haired white dragon he couldn't play yet. You need some help? Tyler asked. Jimmy looked down at his cards a bit confused. Yeah. To be honest, he didn't have much interest in duel monsters. However, he was often the sidelines, pardon me, often on the sidelines watching Tyler in tournaments. The way Tyler focused so much when playing, and the way he looked after winning a tough duel always stuck with Jimmy. It made his heart jump a bit thinking about it. He He quickly pushed that feeling out of his mind and tried to focus. Jimmy and Tyler were never that close growing up, more just acquaintances. A few days ago, Tyler won a big national tournament. Jimmy was there to see him win in a genius final move he couldn't quite follow. Seeing how happy he looked holding up the diamond-studded blue-eyes white dragon card next to Pegasus... Tyler always looks so cool and confident. I don't know why I didn't want to read this. This is great. Tyler uh, Senpai. <laughs> uh, yesterday, Jimmy finally worked up the courage to do something he wanted to do for a long time. He asked Tyler to show him how to play the game. He was quite flustered, tripping over his words as he went up to Tyler and asked him, and was surprised Tyler agreed happily after he had made such a fool of himself out there. It's a date, Tyler said, as he waved by and ran off to his next class. Jimmy tried not to think too much about what he meant by that. Tyler, I'm so glad you're on the other side of the planet right now. Oh, this is, yeah, this is, I think, the only way that we could pull this off. I'm also, I full screened these notes, so I cannot see your face right now. Uh, because I think I would just have to stop. Uh, Jimmy snapped back to the table he was sitting at. Here, let me see what you have. Tyler reached out to Jimmy's hands and turned them so he could see his cards. He really wasn't expecting that and jerked back a bit reflexively. Embarrassed, he turned his hands to show Tyler. Tyler looked and thought for a minute. Ah, see, this card is really good for deflecting attacks from canine-type monsters, Tyler said and pointed at the monster, Pepper, on his side of the field. (laughs) That would be something good to play now and activate once I attack, Tyler said cheerfully. Jimmy's heart was going a mile a minute as Tyler held his hand with one hand pulled... uh, uh, Oh yeah, as uh, and one hand pulling the trap card with his other. Uh, Tyler looked straight into his eyes and Jimmy blushed profusely before looking back down at his hand. My turn. Tyler said happily, either not noticing or not mentioning how flustered Jimmy was. Tyler drew a card and decided not to play anything. I'm going to attack with Pepper. Jimmy kept his face deep in his cards, trying to calm himself down. I said, I'm going to attack with Pepper, Tyler repeated. Oh, right, Jimmy said, revealing the trap card Tyler played for him. 
So this card negates that attack and costs me life points equal to half of Pepper's attack, Tyler recited. Jimmy tried to commit that to memory and remember the art for that card as it had no written title on it. My turn, Jimmy said as he drew a card and thought for a minute, trying to remember what this card did. Need some advice? Tyler asked. No, I think I know what to do, Jimmy said. He played a spell card that let him instantly summon green-haired white dragon from his hand. Nice! If you can attack with that next turn, you'll win, Tyler smiled. Ha, thanks, Jimmy replied. Tyler seemed to have some kind of superhuman memory uh, to remember all the cards and uh, card effects and his opponent's life points at once. Jimmy could attack right away, so he ended his turn. Tyler drew a card and decided not to play anything and ended his turn. Jimmy thought about what to do next. Tyler only had Pepper and a face-down card on the field. He was worried about that face-down card, but with not many better options, he decided to attack. I attack with my green-haired white dragon. Tyler looked down at his hand. Well, good game. I lose, he said happily. Really? Jimmy didn't expect that to actually work. He knew Tyler went easy on him, went easy on him but he was still quite happy. Tyler started shuffling his cards back together. So how'd you like playing with my deck? Jimmy's head nearly hit the ceiling, and he could only stammer out, What? His face suddenly felt really hot at what he had heard. My deck, silly, Tyler said, pointing at the cards that he'd lent to Jimmy to play with. Oh, ha, it was nice. He couldn't think of much more to say at the moment. You have fun with dual monsters? Tyler asked. Yeah, it was fun, Jimmy said, still quite embarrassed at being so awkward around someone as cool as Tyler. I don't think you're really that interested in dual monsters, though, Tyler said, smiling at Jimmy. No, of course I am. I just wanted to learn from someone good at the game, he trailed off. No, I think you're more interested in something else, Tyler reached out to Jimmy's head and felt his hair between his fingers. Jimmy couldn't believe what was happening. <laughs> this, is, this is the part. Uh, he never thought Tyler would give him the time of day, but now he was alone with him, gently running his fingers through his hair. In his wildest dreams, he never expected a moment like this would actually happen. He didn't have the breath to say anything back. Suddenly, Tyler put both hands on Jimmy's head and pulled him in for a kiss. Not having time to react, Jimmy kissed back for several seconds he wished would never end. It was incredible and better than Jimmy had ever imagined. Is that what you were here for? Tyler asked with a big smile. Jimmy just nodded and smiled back, Tyler's hands still holding his head gently. Tyler raised an eyebrow and said, So, you want to play with my other deck? And scene. (laughs) (sighs) Thomas, my friend, again, I want to thank you for sending that in. And I want to apologize profusely for taking so goddamn long to read that. I I remember emailing you back immediately because you are a beautiful angel having written that. But I hope you understand that having to read that to my co-host and then having to continue to have conversation (laughs) with him. Tyler, put me back on your screen, you coward. You No, you are. You are. I can see you again. Put some clothes on. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jimmy is... We are both fully dressed. No, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, huh. I have to say, it's like... It's... I've never had fan fiction written about me before, and I have to say, it's kind of like an honor. Yeah, it's a, it's a really... That's a new experience. I... Yeah, again, I don't know. I don't know that I can say anything different, but then, like, I'm so sorry it took me so long to read, but also that's why it took me so long to, to, get, to get around to. Uh, yeah, thank you for calling me out on that, Thomas. I really appreciate it. And thank you, other Thomas, for writing in. Uh, I 
am now realizing that if you're starting from the beginning, it may be several months before you hear this message. So I'll email you. <laughs> wow, and I got a hiccup just then. That was fun. Uh, are we thoroughly uncomfortable now? Are you? I'm not. What was that? <laughs> Nothing. I just trying to make you uncomfortable. Oh, it worked, my friend. All right. Should we shift gears and talk about this week's episode? Let's talk about an episode. Let's do it. It's time to discuss the episode. This week, Jimmy, we are discussing season one, episode 43, Legendary Heroes, part one. Oh, uh, boy. Briefly, what did you think of this episode, just like as a whole? Uh, I kind of like this episode. Yeah, this is me too. an episode that has so many like like tropes that we've all seen before in like all kinds of media. And it's just kind of hilarious to see it here in Yu-Gi-Oh! And it has like yeah. nothing to do with the rest of the season at all. It's just I don't know, it was it was kind of funny. Yeah, that was my one big note is like this is a huge left turn compared to the rest of the season, where like it has all the same characters, but literally nothing here is anything like what they have done previously. Yeah, so, it's like the writers uh, wrote fan fiction for their own show. Yeah, and like, and I think did so really effectively because, like you said, they use a lot of tropes, but that lets them like move the pace of the plot so quickly. Yeah, you already know did. like half of what's going to happen here. Right, and it just lets them, like, crank through these different plot beats because, like, you get it just right away. You're like, oh, yeah, I understand what's happening here. Virtual world? Okay, cool, done. That's all the explanation I need. Yeah. It's Corporate takeover? All right. Virtual world, you already have, like, 90% of what the plot is about. Right. You die in the game, you die in real life. Which... Okay, we need to talk about that later. Let's let's start with the beginning here. Uh, did you legitimately... I'm sorry, I'm just looking at your notes. Did you legitimately just now notice Kaiba in the intro? Has he been there the whole time? The whole time, my friend. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been. I mean, we can look it up. There's an easy way to check that. Because I'm pretty sure from what I saw that they shortened Taya's part in the intro. And then they just added... Kaiba doing the same face and motion and stuff. No. I don't I remember Kaiba being in the intro at all. I think he's been there the whole time. Uh, you know, I'm not going to look it up. I'm going to let you believe what you believe, and I'm going to believe what I believe. I will say, ever since you brought up that thing about the um, the different end credits mm. with the different animatic there, I've been watching the intro like a hawk for any changes. So I, I don't think Kaiba is new. I think Kaiba's been there the whole time, but like... I mean, if they're going to start changing stuff up at all, now would be the time, I now guess. Now's the time to do it. Um, we don't get a previously on. At least I didn't. I don't know if it accidentally, like, skipped it. You didn't either? No. It just... Netflix has been doing that, like, skip intro thing now, uh, like, automatically sometimes. So I can never... I always have to, like, pause it and make sure I'm, like, at the right time code to make sure I didn't miss the intro. Uh, so the episode opens, then, straight away on a rainy office building uh it's like a blade runner type intro almost yeah uh, and can you guess what uh building it is it's a giant building that has kc on the front 
It's the home base of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> the Kaiba Ventures. Is, is that the right team? Is that the Kansas City one? Yes. Okay. We'll say that it is. Uh, it's no, Kaiba Corp. it is Kaiba Corp. Yep. Uh, and uh, we, we open on the evil board of directors from Kaiba Corp being surprised at the return of the Kaiba brothers. And one of them says, Mr. Kaiba, what a surprise. Yeah, I noticed that in the the subtitles, these guys don't really have names. Uh, I guess they're... Yeah. One of them has a name. Yeah. What, what are the other ones? Uh, the one guy is Johnson, but as a group, they're known as the Big Five. So they're Big One, Big Two, yeah. Big Three, Johnson, Big Five? <laughs> or is... Or is Johnson Big Three? I don't remember which one he is. And it it, I don't. Really I matter. don't think four and five talk, so it doesn't matter. Just in the um, subtitles, they're they're just names are Big One and Big Two, etc. I mean, frankly, like if I get to a point where I'm on an evil board of directors, I'm definitely legally changing my name to Big One, right? <laughs> like you can call me Mister Big One. I will do no such thing, especially after that fan fiction we just read. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I do feel bad for Mr. Big Two, though. <laughs> <laughs> How come you get to be Big One? I want to be Big One. Well, Daniel, after that Taco Bell trip we all had to experience, I think you know why you're Big Two. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Kyber Brothers are confronting the evil board of directors who, as we will remember, had a plot where they hired Pegasus to get rid of them so that they could take over the company. Yeah. Uh... The method of getting rid of them, of course, was literally stealing their souls and then playing a card game against a 10-year-old uh, for their fate. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So Kaiba just straight up fires them all, which is oh, yeah. honestly a reasonable course of action. Absolutely. Like, even if even if they got to take severance pay or something, like, these guys plotted to steal your soul, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they violated numerous laws too so that's that's like the beginning of their problems but then they try and explain no no we tried to take over the company to save you he has a great response to that though where they like they start doing that like pleading sort of trapped in a corner sort of thing and his response is don't test me you slime yeah (laughs) and anyway um they've they pivot directly from that to saying, anyway, our new virtual reality product is ready, and that is enough to get Kaiba to say, oh, okay, you guys are cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He's like, he, okay, so so he walks in, he like struts in, his little brother's behind him, and he goes, you motherfuckers hired a man with magical powers to steal my soul so that you could take control of my company. You're all fired. And they go, oh, but the new VR headset's ready. We wanted your... Uh, you're John Hancock on that. Oh, while, you, goes, your, while oh, your soul was yeah. trapped, uh, we finished the product we were working on. He's like, hmm, okay. And he just, he, he I mean, he's he says, he says, like, don't think I've forgotten about this, but he's a hundo percent forgotten about it. Like, the second he turns around, he's so, he's so jazzed about this, like, Kaiba Oculus 2. I was trying to go up with a funny word there, but it didn't work. Kaiba Oculus. Yeah, it's Coculus. literally... Nope. <laughs> it's literally just a VR combination game headset thing that pulls you into a... It's supposed to like take your mind itself and pull it into this virtual reality. 
Yeah, and it's like it's introduced to us by uh, the Kaiba brothers getting into an elevator and Mokuba being like, "Big brother, are you sure?" And Kaiba's like, "Shut up, no one likes you." Uh, and yeah, uh, why do you? You just got back. Why do you need to test it right now? And right, I guess again, the answer is this is the same day as the previous episode. Yeah, the answer is because Kaiba is a huge nerd, and all the yeah. the board of directors has to do is like take these jingling keys. And distract him, and he'll forget everything about uh, how his soul was literally just trapped in a card. He's a he's a real hashtag gamer. What can I say? <laughs> uh, but so they're they're like talking about it, and Mokuba's real nervous about it. And then they they take this elevator way 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 down into this underground lab. And it's one of those the... cool elevators that's on the outside of the building. So as it goes down, you can see the like entire cityscape stretching before them. Because of course like he the... has that elevator. I like that you say cool and not completely terrifying. I hate those. They are my least favorite. I will, given the option, I will take the stairs. Uh, not the kind of elevator you design for people who are afraid of heights. Accurate. Uh, but they dig this, this elevator down, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's like a combination like gaming seat headset sort of deal. Um, we all, we all know what it is right off the bat is the thing. Like they don't have to explain it because it looks like what it is. It's a VR pod. Um, it looks like the space jockey pod from aliens. Yeah. Uh, or alien singular, I guess the alien franchise. It looks like a space jockey pod. First the one alien, then more aliens. Right. And then the predators and then the aliens and the predators and then the, no, anyway, uh, and but it's like yeah, Kaiba. a fancy seat that you get into and it like comes down over your head and you're in the virtual world now. And right. Mokuba but... is like, you shouldn't get in there. What if it's a trap? And he, and <laughs> Kaiba says, I designed every program in this game myself. Nothing bad can happen. As we all know, programs can't be altered in any way. Yeah, you know, uh, if there were like a like a screen cap here, just being like famous last words, or like a uh, uh, fucking what's his name um, from Arrested Development, if there was like an Arrested Development voiceover here that was like, he was wrong. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, what uh, could possibly go wrong when you strap yourself into this chair that is able to trap you inside of it? Yeah, and then rips like. He goes on to say this in the following scene. He goes, ah, yes, the mind separation progress uh, process has been really smoothed out. I can hardly feel my body leaving my conscious thought. Yeah. So he gets into this thing and yells at Mokuba to activate it. And Mokuba pulls this huge, like, Frankenstein lever, this huge electrical, like, switch. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Kaiba that he doesn't get to, like, be in the VR thing and pull the switch, because that would totally be something where he, like, cackles maniacally while throwing it. Yeah, it's one of those things. But the machine, I guess, completely separates his mind from his body. and Which seems to be a problem for Kaiba. That seems to be a major problem. He literally just had this happen to him, like, not hours ago. And I wonder if this is... 
no, never mind. I know it's not a allegory for uh, alcoholism, uh, but I wondered that briefly, and I don't think this show's that smart. I think this Continue. is exactly what it says on the tin, which is getting your mind and putting it into a virtual reality. So he goes to this like end of two thousand one, a space odyssey, like shimmering tunnel, and then he just straight up uh, he gets troned, he gets pulled into the virtual reality, and he spawns into a Minecraft forest biome. You could almost hear the music. He just shows up in this field surrounded by trees. He has his stats there. He has his inventory. He's going to go punch a tree. Yeah, he's going to go punch a tree and get wood. And then, like, six days later, he's going to have enough stuff to build a dual disc system. Right. Yeah, which... Of course, to somebody like Kaiba, that is the most fun that you can have in a video game is crafting a system complex enough to design another copy of the game within the game. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the first time we see the dual disc system because I recognize them. I've seen them before, but this is the first time we see them in the series. Yeah, this is sort of a, a prototype of it in a way where it's not the... Because it's a virtual space, they don't need to put the cards down on anything. It's just the sort of the thing that holds their deck of cards, which they also, I think we skipped over this, they have to put their deck of cards in the VR seat oh, yeah. before they put the helmet down. When you so sit it like down, registers their there's cards. this little uh, thing that pops out and you take your uh, deck of cards and put it in there and then it scans all your cards for you. Right. Uh, and we see those cards in the little dual disc thing along with their uh, life points. You can't use virtual cards in this system. You have to... By the amiibo. Except you can, as we yeah. learn later on, which is a confusing thing for me, but we can get back to that later. Uh, so he drops in, and uh, the... Uh, what, is, what is it now? Uh, oh, he. I, I just have in my notes like all the weird techno babble that he says. Like The computer at one point says, virtual screen locking, reality uplink loading. Uh, and yeah, he, oh, okay. He's like doing a, uh, system diagnostics, right? He's like, I can see stuff. Check. I can hear stuff. Check. I got my life points. Check. I got my cards. Uh, check. You know, the, the three important things that you need for the art of war is, uh, sight, hearing, and dueling. Yeah. It's the, uh, the essentials when you're in an unfamiliar envi environment, you have to have, uh, your cards. <laughs> exactly. You got to. You yeah. got to. And so he uh, pops in and Mokuba's like watching the computer that has all like the readouts and stuff, mm -hmm. like monitoring his vital signs and whatever. And apparently the computer is uh, powerful enough to generate a 100% believable VR environment. But on Mokuba's screen, it's literally just pixel art. There's a little pixel Kaiba walking around through a pixel forest. Yeah, it looked like a fucking like Legend of Zelda screen cap. Yeah. Like, like original Legend of Zelda screen exactly. cap. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, in the virtual world, Kaiba's walking around and, and he sees a dragon. Uh, I don't remember the name of this dragon, but it pops up and it's got attack and defense points that pop up and he goes, excellent. Just like I programmed. <laughs> uh, and he summons, uh, blue eyes to attack it. Just, yeah. that was, he just picks the card out of his dual disc and, and plays it. And then suddenly there's a blue eyes white dragon right behind him. Now here's the weird thing. He... We see this happen several times in this episode, but when you like draw a card in this virtual reality, you just kind of know what card it is before you draw it. 
Yes. So it's just like the cards aren't like shuffled or anything. There is a, I think it's just like an inventory where you have all your cards and you can do whatever the hell you want. Jimmy, I have a theory for you on this because it does come up later where, you know, they haven't drawn any cards and a character will draw a card and it is the like exact perfect card for the, the situation at hand. Uh, just before Kaiba's uh, uh, soul got stolen, he learned a very important lesson from Yugi and, and, and friends and, and Mokuba in a way. He learned the importance of the heart of the cards. Mm. Do you think that this ability to just summon the card that you need at that exact time is Kaiba's attempt at programming in the heart of the cards into his games? Maybe. Is there a is there a heart like function heart underscore of underscore the underscore cards parentheses like somewhere in the code there? Or is it just the actual heart of the cards affecting the random number generator that uh, shuffles the virtual deck? Ah, literal RN Jesus. Yeah, it's the ghost in the machine. The heart of the cards. I think I in prefer that actually. I like I like that a lot better. The spirit uh, moves. I, <laughs> spirit moves in mysterious ways. Uh, but regardless, he summons a blue eyes right away. And then out of nowhere, a ninja appears. Oh. And he says, I didn't design this. I had to pause then, a moment at this point um, uh-huh. just because I saw him like fighting monsters in this virtual reality. I had to pause a moment to Google Yu-Gi-Oh! Skyrim mods. And good news, uh, they obviously do exist. Uh, you can be Obelisk the Tormentor and you can turn your companion into Dark Magician Girl if you want, you weeb trash. And there's a mod that just adds Yu-Gi-Oh! cards to the game for you to collect. Jimmy, I'm confused. I thought you said that there was good news. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in adding Yu-Gi-Oh! to Skyrim, then yes, that is good news. I mean, I, okay, so like I guess in that in that mod's defense, like that is a way to reenact this exact episode. I guess. You'd think there would be huh. more of a... I didn't Google it uh, for too long. I wasn't looking too hard, but uh, I'm a little surprised that there isn't a full-on like Yu-Gi-Oh! mod for Skyrim. Maybe I mean, there is, and I just didn't find it. But yeah, there there might be. I'm trying to think if there's any game out there that would be like a good modding fit for Yu-Gi-Oh. Weirdly, I think like the Deus Ex games would be a good fit if really? that makes sense. Like they already take place in like cities where there's just lots of random NPCs around. I did and, just and, Google like, Yu-Gi-Oh Minecraft, and there is a Yu-Gi-Oh dueling mod. Oh, it adds almost all Yu-Gi-Oh cards, more than 8,300 cards to the game. Use these cards to build and improve decks and play against other players. And then you can just go and buy them from villagers. So you can act out this episode in Minecraft. There's screenshots here. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing it. Oh, and there's like a there's like a board item i guess that you can like play your cards down on yeah i guess it's not good enough to have like virtual they didn't mo- go in and model every single card in Yu-Gi-Oh in minecraft but the cards are in there that's legitimately really impressive uh i 
You should... I thought I was going to have something bad to say about this, but I actually kind of want to try it. Yeah, now. you should download this mod and get back to us. Yeah. Oh, man. Does this mean I have to get back into Minecraft? Yes. <sighs> well, got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> uh, so back to the, the real virtual world. Uh, Jimmy, not Jimmy, Kaiba the other brown-haired protagonist, uh, gets attacked by... The Giga Clan. I, I, you <laughs> highlighted your note, and I can't fucking unsee that. Yeah, he gets straight-up attacked by the Yiga Clan. A traveler goes uh, for Master Koga uh, and says that they will cut you down uh, and that their mission is to destroy the Hero of Time, and they attack Kaiba. Yeah, uh, armed ninja shows up, I guess. is it, That's a card, I guess. It is. And... This ninja throws a dual monsters card like a freaking shuriken. Oh, it does. I was trying to figure out what it was throwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's throwing dual monsters cards at Kaiba. Uh, and one of the dual monsters cards turns into dragon capture jar, which Kaiba points out. I also didn't design that. And it's like somebody knew that I would be here. And the dragon capture jar sucks blue eyes white dragon into it because that's what dragon capture data does it, it wow i can't talk dragon uh, capture jar does dragons. exactly what you think a dragon capture jar would do and captures a dragon in a jar mama didn't raise no dueling fools uh and uh then kaiba goes oh yeah this is a trap now huh someone must have reprogrammed the game's combat protocols which is some star trek ass techno babble yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't sound like it's from this show, unfortunately. Uh, but no, he does say that, huh? Yeah. He, he's very analytical about it. So like he's, he's very much troubleshooting his own code without taking into account the fact that he has been trapped in this game where his mind is separate from his physical form. Yeah. And so, Whoops. So the ninja throws a net on Kaiba, and then in the real world, it just kind of electrocutes him? I guess. Yeah, the whole machine erupts in this like yellow, like sunburst effect. Yeah, it's like which, uh, someone threw a flash grenade or something in it. It's just all which, blazing light. Yeah, and I think like that would, at the best case scenario, severely burn his bod, right? Like, yeah. You, you got one crispy dude at that point. <laughs> Uh, it literally turned the pod into a microwave but also that should have killed him yeah is the only thing keeping him alive right now the fact that his brain is not in his body maybe is this sort of a is this sort of a picture of dorian gray thing now or if he returns to his his original form will he wither he is being kept alive by just the machine energy alone his feeble body on life support, but his mind is kept active by the the neurons being zapped by electricity. Man, and there I was thinking this was like a nice, light, happy episode. Then we go and talk about it like this. Shit. <laughs> well, uh, Mokuba's like whole computer yeah. console also explodes in light. Uh, I guess it is Star Trek because their consoles are always freaking blowing up left, right, and center. Right, yeah, you you know you're in some sort of a sci-fi property when uh like a like an engine or a battery or something blows up. There's a power and surge it, and your computer just fucking explodes. 
Yeah, yeah a, d- a display module connected to something else entirely explodes. Uh, yeah, so that happens, and then we cut to outside, and it's chemo and the guards running up to uh, Kaiba's private lab. Is that right? No, no, no. They To this lab that uh, specifically this VR room is in. Um, well, there's a little bit and... of more stuff with Mokuba here. Oh, is there? Yeah. Uh, I... Well, he runs the machine, but uh, he uh-huh. finds that Kaiba's unconscious. Um, oh, yeah. And his mind is trapped in the game now, obviously, because we all because knew that was going to happen. Yeah, what else is going to happen? It's, it's Kaiba. It's he Kaiba. can't keep his mind and body together for more than one episode. Five anymore. damn minutes. Just five minutes. Come on. And so um, on the screens behind Mokuba, one of the board members just starts video chatting with oh, him. Oh, I forgot about this. Forgot and that. they yeah, explain yeah. their evil plan to Mokuba that now that they have him trapped and Kaiba's out of the picture, they can go ahead and take over the company again. And then they laugh evilly. Yeah, it's, it's essentially that like, hey, you remember that whole thing about how we said we were sorry and wouldn't do it again? Whoopsie, had our fingies crossed behind our backs. Oh no! Teehee, it's our company now, sucker. And then Mokuba um, hears like the guards coming for him so he runs to the machine and grabs uh seto's deck out of the machine gotta gotta announce it announce it real careful he there he grabs his brother's dual monsters cards there it is and escapes through the jeffrey's tube i mean the ventilator shaft <laughs> it does have a very star trek vibe now that you've yeah. mentioned it and the only way to free kaiba's mind is to beat the game and the and, guys so, say, but we made it so it can't be beaten. Yeah, what I love about that is, like, we we could have gotten that, I think in maybe previous episodes, one of the protagonists would have sussed that out. Like, huh, I bet the only way to get Kaiba's mind back is to beat the game that he's currently trapped in. But how are we going to do that? But in this but case, in this case it's, just, it's a... Sorry, we're speaking It's a over voiceover. Here. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So it's a voiceover from Johnson, right? Yeah. The only named member of the Big Five. Uh, which, I mean, let's if if your only name that you go by in between Big One and Big Two is Johnson. <laughs> I'm uh, Big Five Johnson. <laughs> Damn it, the hiccups came back. Uh, so it's it's his voiceover though is how we learn that the game has to be beaten to get Kaiba's mind back, which to me feels like an oversight on their part. Why did they have to make the game beatable at all? Or like make that the way that Kaiba gets his mind back. Like just turn the machine off. Yeah. Or like make the game a square box with no win condition. Seto is you. But apparently it's a multiplayer game that has a win condition that he says is highly unlikely. <laughs> it's not impossible to beat, but it is highly unlikely. Right. He's, he's made sure of it personally that it is uh, uh, difficult. Just just good enough odds for a TV episode. Yep. Uh, Mokuba runs to the game store because, of course, uh, where Joey is currently trying to rob either Grandpa or Tristan. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, he's, he said they're looking at cards because I guess the only thing these guys do for fun is hang out at the game shop and, like, buy cards from Grandpa. And he says, put it on my tab. And Grandpa has a new voice actor. Did you notice this? It, 
bothered me the I, entire episode. I gen- I wondered. I we've only heard like six spoken lines from Grandpa leading up to this point, so I genuinely don't care. If it means that they're giving Grandpa more lines, that's awesome. I'm ninety percent sure this is Tristan's voice actor imitating Grandpa, because usually he talks like this, young Yugi. But yeah. in this one, his voice sounds very different. Huh. Well, okay. So ex- explain this scene. I'm gonna look this up and see if see if we can find something out about this. Anyway, they're all hanging out with Grandpa, and uh, Joey doesn't have enough money to pay for cards, and Grandpa says that it's time for him to pay his freaking bar tab that he's racked up from buying so many cards. And so Joey's just like, yeah, put it on Tristan's tab. (laughs) And Tristan's like, hey, what the fuck? Uh, okay, sorry. I found Solomon Moto's voice actor. Uh, I do not think that it changed because it's it not? not listed here. It's, it's, list, there's one credit listed. Let me scroll down to the episode. It, it sounds so here. different. It does, but also part of me thinks that it's because, like, he just gets more lines here, like, in a row. Uh, the voice actor for, uh, Grandpa. Uh, her name was Madeline Joan, uh, Blaustein, uh, also known as Kendra Bancroft. Um, she passed away in 2008, unfortunately, um, but she was known for her work in voice acting for, for like four kids and do art and, uh, NYAV post. So, um, wow, she does that's really interesting man voice. Yeah. Uh, she has one other super cool, notable credit here, uh, just listed on Wikipedia. Can you guess what it is? Pokemon? Uh-huh. Guess what prominent character in Pokemon she also played? Brock? No. No, no, no. Okay. Uh okay, there's there's too many. Uh her other notable credit was Meowth. Really? I yeah. would have not have guessed Meowth. If anyone yeah. was gonna play Meowth, it would have been Joey. So that's really cool. That's uh, like that's a I'm just reading over some of the career stuff here. Like it looks like she got a start doing just like whatever sort of filler voice roles she could get, which kind of sounds like that's the way to go for anime voice acting. But then she just did like a weird enough voice uh, for Meowth that she played Meowth for eight seasons uh, and then started getting other uh, roles in like Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi GX uh that's a long time to keep up a brooklyn accent no and here it is it's on her wikipedia page she was the voice for solomon moto in the second oh no pardon me it says second series anime but it means not the original Yu-Gi-Oh. hmm that's super cool oh my god tyler she played the president in shadow the hedgehog oh fuck yes (laughs) You hear That's that, Garrett? amazing. Garrett's ears are burning right now. Uh, during the 2004 Democratic primaries, she voiced Smeagol on the Mike Malloy show, announcing a satirical presidential bid. Huh. Which is just fucking amazing. Uh, so Back to, to the answer episode. that, no, I don't think it's a new voice actor, um, but I, I, I... Oh, it looks like she also worked on Fighting Foodons, which uh, would have been with... Um, 
Uh, the Pegasus guy. Oh, um, uh-huh. you you know, yeah, you know who I mean. That guy. Um, Who's name I can't remember offhand. That guy. That guy. Darren Dunstan. Yeah. Could not remember his fucking name for the life of me. Um, but yeah, so that means that she would have worked with Darren Dunstan, which is pretty cool. Uh, all right, back to the episode, y'all. Uh, the Okaba runs into the game store, yep. begging for help. Uh, he explains the whole help me please VR game thing. Uh, he said that he remembers Kaiba working on it uh, for a very long time, and how he was pretty young when he started it. But he is pretty young, so maybe it was just like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, that line really read to me like the writers had never written for Mokuba before. Like, are they picturing a 30-year-old man? Yeah, and he's like, how old now? He's like, I, I don't know, he's like eight, maybe, maybe younger. I mean, he's old enough to manage an amusement park, apparently. I guess, so. despite being the youngest member of the entire cast. Um, uh but yeah so uh he he explains that like the whole deal that we just got done explaining in like an hour uh but he explains it between <laughs> commercial breaks which is uh a, a blessing um and uh he says that yeah it was like a cool thing and uh it uh was like kaiba's dream project but then the board wanted to like make it into a product that we would sell and they ruined it and joey has this very strong like suits am i right man fuck them <laughs> uh and just like joey really hates capitalism he's from brooklyn does everyone from brooklyn hate capitalism is that a thing i guess all right <laughs> i had nothing more to say about that i just thought it was a really funny reaction um but yeah, so he, he's explaining that like uh, this is where Kaiba is. Uh, we have to beat the game. Kaiba made these other prototype VR things. Uh, and Yugi's like, oh, there are more of them? Well, here's my plan. We can go into the prototype machines, enter the virtual game, beat the game, save Kaiba. As you may have guessed, that's exactly what happens. Also, I want to point and out... It's literally. Oh, this yeah. is one of the few times we see Yugi from the back, and his mm. hair looks kind of weird from the back. It's just like this tuft that's jet black, and then it has that purple fringe. But he looks like yeah, a it, uh, like a paintbrush. It, yeah, and it all kind of goes just straight out and up, right? Yeah. Hold on, like it, I gotta... Yeah, I guess like a paintbrush is a really good... It's like a paintbrush that you dipped in purple paint and then just let dry that way. Yeah, hold on, let me send it to Do you. I got a screenshot. Here. It's just, it really points out oh, how yeah. weird his hair is. Well, and it, it's weirder, too, because you don't see the back of his neck at all, because no. the hair, the part that goes down, goes down into his collar. It gets tucked into his collar. So you don't see the skin of his neck. It just looks like this tuft of, uh, like, evil energy yeah. popping up out of a, of a shirt. I wonder if he has a spiky mullet that he just hides behind the his collar. Ooh, that would be an amazing, like, this isn't even my final form sort of reveal where, like, a, a black ponytail, like, poof. I have even more up. hair. And it's even less probable. It has, like, fucking streaks of blonde yeah. in it or something. Or it's a French braid. It's just a massive French braid that goes down to his pants leg. 
I am 100% here for redneck Yugi, where his hair is all spiky, but it's like super shaggy. I could see it. I mean, he wears that that, uh, popped collar often enough. Just make that jacket denim, and I think he's doing it. Yeah. All right, fan artists. (laughs) Take it away. Redneck Yugi, get at us. Uh, so they just start booking Yugi... it towards uh, Kaiba Corp, and Mokuba's yeah, like, like, "You don't, you guys don't even know the way." But there's like one tower visible from their front doorstep that has a Kaiba Corp logo on it. Yeah, well, so he does say in in Mokuba's defense, he does say it's in Kaiba's personal lab. Yeah, which is but different. also like Yugi comes up with that plan. Everyone goes, "Okay, cool, sounds great," and then they just run. Like, there's no deliberation, there's no alternate plan, there's no, like, backup. They're just like, all right, see ya, Gramps, bye. How long have these people been back from the island? Have they gone home at all? Have they napped at all? It's so unclear, and it makes me so upset, because, I mean, like I mentioned last week, in the the synopsis, it says it's been several weeks since they've gotten home. But in all of the dialogue in the show, it says, you just got back. You got out of the hospital today. We just got back this morning. Like, I think we're witnessing one consecutive day into now the night. It's uh like a season of 24 where everything happens all at once. Oh, God. I wonder. Beep. No, that wouldn't. Beep. That, that would be Beep. even less entertaining. I was wondering Beep. what an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh would look like in real time, but probably just horrible. Right. It'd be really boring. It'd be really boring. More boring than we are being presently. Yeah, let's go uh, continue with the episode. Okay, so they get to uh, they get to Kaiba's secret lab. Mokuba's like, they locked it off, but I know a secret way in. And he jumps the fucking fence. Because <laughs> that's, that's the secret way in, I guess. Uh, and they get into the lab, and there are three of these uh, space jockey VR pods which means that two people out of their group of five have to stay. Uh, Everyone just assumes Mokuba, Taya isn't going in. Yeah, that's that's the fucking weird thing. It's like Mokuba goes, well, no, I am going with you. Like he insists on going because he's going to save his brother. There's a brief bit of pushback there where like, I forget who says it, but they're like, well, we need somebody to operate the machinery. And he goes, no, no, no. The machinery is one switch. You need somebody who knows the fucking game you're going into because that's the real life or death scenario. Uh, so then Joey pulls a fast one on Tristan and he says, all right, Tristan, make sure my body stays good or like make sure nobody touches my bod, my, my, my sweet, hot teen bod. Yeah. And he uh, just jumps into one of the pods and no, yeah, nobody fucking asks Ta- like, what do you think, Taya? Yeah. Everyone just assumes that she's going to stay out because it's Taya, I guess. I don't know. I, I but yeah. She just and that's, goes well, along with it. And I guess, like, in her defense, she's not, like, she she doesn't seem to be sort of rearing to go here. Like, she's not all gung-ho about tearing her mind away from her body. Because uh, I think she's seen that happen to her friends one too many times. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, but it is weird. Uh, so they all hop in the pods. Or I guess, pardon me, Yugi, Joey, and Mokuba hop into the pods. And Joey says, all right, Tristan, let her rip. And Tristan says, virtual upload now and he just like yanks on the giant lever and they all get uh digitized yeah no countdown no nothing just like boop tron now yep they tron 
and they spawn in uh, to the Minecraft world. They all appear at spawn, and then they just start walking around. Uh, Yugi muses on whether if you die in the game, you die in real life. It's left kind of vague. I think you do, right? You That's kind of the implication. Do. Yeah. But then they see a graveyard, and then they just start walking directly through the graveyard. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should probably avoid dangerous things. Oh, look, a graveyard in a video game. <laughs> hmm. Let's go there. And they get jumped by zombies, as you would expect in a graveyard in a video game where you fight things. Big fucking surprise. Uh, meanwhile, the board of directors, uh, big, big one and big two, uh, figure out that the, uh, the fab five are hacking into the matrix. And so they send chemo and his goons to, uh, go to Kaiba's secret lab to unplug the pods so that they'll be killed as well. Yeah. They incur, they tell chemo to just go in and unplug these children from life support so they can take over the company. And Chemo's like, yeah, sure. Which like. If that would work for these three, why would that not work for Kaiba? Like, they've already gotten to Kaiba. Why can't they just, like, unplug him? Problem yeah, solved. Yeah, do they need Kaiba for something? It's unclear. I mean, maybe they want to keep him around as an idea guy. Maybe it's a sort of, like... I I, I can't even think of a of an example here. Like, maybe it's a... Maybe they he's like their John Lennon or something. Maybe he's the, the creative spark that they need. Yeah, he's the Steve um, Jobs. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that, oh, maybe this is uh, the Kaiba Corp version of iCloud, and Kaiba has been dead for five years, and they're keeping his consciousness alive in the cloud. <laughs> uh, no, that's not what's happening uh, at Apple. Uh, I signed papers to explicitly telling me not to tell you that. Uh, so... Uh, Joey, uh, back in the in the game, Joey realizes that he needs to draw a card. Yeah, he says, so he leave it to me. I'll take care of these zombies. And then he can't figure out how to play a card because he gets a card and tries to play it and then nothing happens. And I think it's Mokuba. And he's like, no, th come on, man. This is how you do it. And the way to... Yeah, have you never played a fully immersive virtual reality dueling game before? <laughs> Please. Yeah, because as everyone knows, the only way to trigger playing a card is to pose like Luke Skywalker on the original Star Wars poster and just stick your hand up in the air dramatically. It's like a magical girl transformation sequence. It's where exactly he, he draws like that. a card, he like he like throws it out, he spins around, everything sparkles. Yeah, you do a backflip straight up. You pose like uh, Hamilton with your card between your fingers, like straight up in the air. And then the card glows and the monsters come out. I'm not throwing away my card. Uh, they're not throwing away their cards. Uh, and here's uh, where Yugi just says, I summon dark magician. And then he draws a card and plays it. Yes. And it's dark magician. Yeah. This, this is a thing where I think maybe you are more, accurate and your guess as to what's going on here where the heart of the cards has infiltrated the game in a way because if like i as a player am just starting a new game and i'm not given that like tool tip of like this button does this this button does that i won't know what action will trigger what event so it's implausible to me that he would just instinctually know like oh i can say the name of the card that i need and then i'll draw it immediately yeah uh, unless there was some sort of magical force sort of guiding him. Uh, 
that's in and around everything and has a light side and dark side that holds the universe together. Yeah, I imagine. What if, do you think Yugi's midi chlorian count is? Uh, midi cardian. A. Uh, uh, two thousand. Okay. Standard life points. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. So they they do like a magical girl transformation sequence together, which is kind of fun. Like it's it's anime as all get out. Yeah. is the thing. Like it's it's impossible for me to convey in words how anime it is. But they're both still obviously just little kids doing it. Because Mokuba is there, and they Yugi poses in the exact same way, and they bring their cards out, and um, so he brings out Dark Magician, and uh, Mokuba brings out Rude Kaiser, which is still an incredibly stupid name for a card. <laughs> Why can't you just have like normal Kaiser or like agit like angry Kaiser or happy Kaiser, sad Kaiser, polite Kaiser? No, this is. Uh, Kaiser who causes an international incident and insults the foreign ambassador and causes World War One. How rude. How rude. Uh, yeah, and they attack the zombies and uh, defeat two of them. Uh, or defeat just one of them? Yeah. No, no, they, no, they defeat all of them. I'm sorry. They defeat all of them. And then they the zombies reform and uh joey's like oh so that's how you do it in the virtual world i see and he goes hang on guys i got these bozos and he summons flame swordsman and it goes to attack the monsters and as it's in mid-swing the zombies attack points get boosted up by like a hundred or so so that they're now stronger than flame swordsman and yugi and mokuba are like no 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 wait joey but it's too late flame swordsman uh is destroyed by the zombies uh, because that's apparently a zombie thing. I guess. Where they die and come back, a la Tom Cruise. Um, and Yugi tells Joey to remember the zombie's one weakness. And he stares at him for a long time, like that's going to help Joey remember something. Did you get this? Yeah. It's like, like an uncomfortably remember? long time that he stares at him. There's like remember? several beats. And uh, Joey finally remembers that, oh, the thing about zombies is, is they have zero defense. Which he should have known because they're all labeled by the little right. tooltips above their head. Uh, and luckily, the heart of the cards is in effect because he can say, ah, I draw shield and sword, which switches the attack and defense of all monsters. And it makes their attack point zero and they can be defeated by Yugi and Mokuba's monsters. Yep. And so they kill and, the zombies, yep. which explode. And then uh, at some loot drops from the bodies, uh, which is... Dee, 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 dee. Yep. And it's a little card that has five gold pieces on it. Ah, uh, yes. Five gold pence for your troubles there, adventurer. Uh, and Mokuba actually doesn't recognize this. He doesn't know what it is. He says it's probably some kind of scoring system. Come on, which, like. Yeah, I thought we were. I thought you were system. here because you knew all about this virtual world. Yeah, I think his knowledge of the virtual world extended to like the bit they just did, and that's it. Yeah, uh, but they can't talk about it for too long because they see a fairy off in the distance, which Joey immediately recognizes. You know, Joey, understanding of magic, recognizes. Ah, that's like the fairies in video games that help you out and lead you to good stuff. Because Dark Souls had not come out at this point. I'm pretty sure 
did they make a Zelda reference here? Is that what he's talking about? It's kind of hard to His tell. His exact I line is, so. this must be one of them fairies they put in games to help the players out. I think I think that is a Zelda reference. I can't think of what else it would be. Like, I, I don't know of any other games that were out around this time that had Helpful fairies. prominent fairies. Yeah. Like, Ocarina of Time would be kind of the one. Yeah, that would, it was like, what, five years previously when this came out? Something along those lines? Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that he just like makes that assumption and they chase after the fairy and they're led to a cliff, uh, which thank God the fairy didn't lead them much further because they were not looking where they were going. Uh, and from the cliff, they see what looks to be an entire virtual town that looks exactly like the set from ancient Egypt that, uh, Pegasus was looking at previously. Yeah, It's a whole open world with a town bustling with NPCs and, they're like, let's go there. And then, like, a second later, they're there, even though, like, in game distance, it was easily, like, a couple of miles. Maybe they fast travel. It seems like this is one of those where it's, like, either there's a fast travel system in place that we don't talk about in the game, or the editors decided to be nice to us for once in this episode, and we're like, nah, well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna cut well, this we're out. We're just gonna move the plot along. So they get to the city, and they decide to split up and see if anyone has seen Kaiba. Uh, so we have a montage of them. Well, first they come to like NPCs. a store, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm and sorry. The store yeah, has yeah. a just like a collection of framed duel monsters cards, uh, as you right. do. I love decorating my apartment with little framed cards. Um, and Joey is like, oh, I forget what card it is that he's looking at, but I'll take this one, please. And it costs like two thousand gold, and. Joey is shocked as he is introduced to the concept of grinding for in-game currency in this MMO. Now, here's the, here's the question that I have. Is these cards, are these cards that they can play in the game, like as Duel Monsters cards? I would assume so. It, that That's, I mean, that's what it seems like. But also, they had to put in their physical deck when they first got into the game. Yeah. Are they buying the cards in real life as well? I don't think so. Because if not, that's kind of a ripoff of like, oh, I have this great card that I can only use in the virtual game now. Huh. Yeah, I would imagine. But I can't play that card without my other cards that are physical. Imagine it's kind of like Amiibo in a way, where if you have like the physical object, you can add that to your game and you'll have all your cards there. But like if you're just jumping into the system with nothing, you'll have to like buy cards but i don't know how you would do that if you don't have any cards to begin with yeah does it let you in without having purchased cards before starting the game maybe it just gives you like a shitty starter deck and then oh you that have could be to like run around to improve it and stuff i don't know oh, we're well, putting a lot anyway. of thought into this virtual reality that too much probably too much uh but so they they decide to, to all split up and go searching for kaiba they go to search get a for montage clues. oh for clues pardon me uh they take on the role of steve in blues clues uh and they they split up we get a montage of them like asking the locals meditating with yogis for some reason yogis with the yogis no it's joey with the yogi it's joey with it's Joey with the Yogi. And Yo- Yo- Yogi with the Joey. <laughs> Yogi-o. 
a oh that'd be actually that'd be really interesting a a sort of uh meditation practice based on dual monsters apply the heart of the cards to your life uh, we like see it. a lot of copyright 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 tm 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 <laughs> uh, we see a lot of like what i thought was a kind of weird situations that they find themselves in uh yugi is talking to a crowd of npcs mokuba is like handing a lollipop to some npc kids uh we get joey meditating with those monks and then mokuba carrying an old woman on his back up some stairs and this old woman is somehow smaller than mokuba and then i mean it is it is the virtual reality as well maybe he's just super strong uh you are over encumbered and cannot run uh but there's one where an extremely tall and muscular man is picking up Yugi just by the scruff of his neck and, like, chucking him out of his store or his shop or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, like, said something that upset him that we don't get to hear. Yeah. And Joey chased by dogs. Right. And that's what we get. That's sort of the reward after this montage is they all meet back up at the fountain and Joey hates virtual dogs. He's got, like... As one is, like a scotty terrier like hanging on his leg and like weirdly high on the thigh too. yeah they're big dogs it's, it's got some it's got some digital flesh in them in them jaws yeah. uh, my guess is he tried so, to press x to pet the dog but it's not context sensitive so he punched the dog instead <laughs> oh no the worst uh he should use that uh that twitter account that tells you whether or not you can pet, pet the, the dog. dog in video games yeah uh, so Mokuba, after all of this, had heard that there was a prisoner, there was a man with a prisoner headed to this snowy mountain that they can see on the other side of a desert. Uh, and the three of them are like, okay, well, that's probably Kaiba. How do we get there? We should arrange some sort of transport. You need to unlock and that Mokuba... area by climbing a Sheikah tower. <laughs> Mokuba doesn't care about any of that, though. He just starts hoofing Yeah, it. he books it into he the sets desert. sets out on foot. What could possibly and, go wrong? Uh, right, exactly. Uh, and Yugi and Joey follow after him, and they're walking, and they're walking for an unknown amount of time when a sandstorm kicks up. And, uh, oh, pardon me. There is a great line here where as he's walking off, Yugi says, hey, wait for us. And then Joey says after him, us includes me. <laughs> Which I decided is a good thing to like include, you know, like you, you, gotta, you gotta qualify who us includes. Yeah. Don't forget uh, Joey. But so they they encounter in the sandstorm a sand twister, and as Joey is, helpfully says, it's a sand twister. Which I can't tell if that's like a dual monsters thing or if that's just a natural phenomenon that he just knows the name of. It's just a tornado in the sand, and it doesn't have attack points. It's not a trap card. No, it's just a, a video game mechanic where if they venture too far out into the desert, it's like in. Uh, the desert in Ocarina of Time, where it just returns you to your starting point. So they're hit by the sand yeah. twister and return to the the very door to the uh, city that they just left. Yeah, so I guess this whole thing really is just like a Legend of Zelda Final Fantasy tribute, yeah. because the next thing that happens is they they wake up back in the city, uh, on the outskirts of the city, and this like weird old guy. There's an old man with a weird voice. Uh, and he says, that ain't no way to cross no desert. Uh, 
and they need to get some chocobos chickens sorry chickens. they have a name neotori chickens neotori chickens because those are apparently the magical desert crossing chickens and he says uh they ask where to buy them and he says oh they can't be bought but they can be won and we don't get any further explanation on that because we cut to the real world where Kimo and his men are outside Kaiba's lab. Uh, Tristan uh, and Taya are worried about the, the the Scooby gang. And Tristan tells Taya not to worry by recalling a amusing anecdote where Joey played a video game for three days straight without blinking. Uh, and then makes a weird pass at Taya. Yeah, he says, I know what will make all this waiting around go by faster. Which is... And then he goes... Yeah. But he says it in a tone, right? Like, he says, like, I I know. Uh, and then he says, I let's play a little game. And Tay's like, no, I have no interest in whatever this is going to be. And he goes, no, I'm serious. Let's play a little game called Guess My Facial Hair. Yeah, there's no way that's the original translation. I feel like no. it just reeks of being completely boulderized by four kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, so so he he passes it off as this game that he calls Guess My Facial Hair, uh, in which he tries to convince Taya that he has been growing a beard, and you can see, like, one or two whiskers, uh, which I appreciate are not animated in, yeah, in the slightest. That'd be, he uh, has the smoothest baby face. But they hear the guards outside, thankfully, and pulls them away from this creepy conversation. Yep. Uh, and they open this giant, like, blast door and peer outside. And they see the security guys coming in. And the security guys are all just saying stuff like, oh, we're going to get a bonus for this. Uh, yeah. When we, when Sector we, one, clear. When we come in and get these kids off life support. <laughs> And so, man, I, I love the smell of killing children in the morning. And no, that got dark. I really apologize. None of them say that. It's what they're kind of talking about, though. It is. It makes me. It makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, so they plan to, yeah, barricade the door and lock it, yes. and find some way to keep it closed. But we don't get to see exactly what they do because we go back into the virtual world. Right. So uh, the boys are searching around, searching around. They can't find the Neotori card anywhere. And Joey said, or Yugi says, it must be really rare. And Joey says, man, that must be why it's such a prized bird around these places. Which makes Yugi realize that it is literally a prize bird. Yeah. And it is a prize for a contest they literally, of which there are huge signs up all over the he city. He literally looks 90 degrees to his left and sees a sign advertising uh, where you can win a Niwatori chicken. And to do that, they need to do a, they need to beat a gladiatorial contest uh, to defeat the champion who looks like Mai. Uh, in a place called... The Shadow Coliseum. Yes. Uh, which is proof that we are still watching Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> uh, so they all go to the Coliseum to sign up as Coliseum Warriors. I swear, there's got to be in one of their decks a card that is just like a dragon or something that can fly. Excuse me, that can fly? Because if you have your entire deck of creatures, I'm, doesn't Joey have Red-Eyes Black Dragon? 
Just yep. summon that guy, hop on his back, fly to the very top of the mountain. But yeah, no, they have and, to know, get Yubi's the Yubi's got uh, Curse of Dragon, Guy of the Fierce Knight, all sorts of polymerization opportunities. Yeah, just summon Exodia, obliterate the desert, and then walk through the wasteland. <laughs> right. There are ways around this. Uh, but no, so they go to sign up as Coliseum Warriors. Uh, the guy at the sign-up is maybe my favorite new character. We don't get a name for him, but like... He's like this sort of like frog orc dude. Yeah, he's like that literally a troll frog man. Yeah, like while he's talking to them, a fly is buzzing around, and he like stops for a second to catch the fly with his tongue. Uh, and he signs up Yugi to be a uh, Colosseum warrior, and says, "All right, give me a second. Let me let me give you your gear." And he reaches behind him and he grabs a pig mask and a stack of clothing. And a cape. And, oh, yeah, like a cape. And Yugi's like, what is this? What the fuck is this? And the guy goes, well, I mean, if you're going to lose all your life points, you might as well lose your life points looking like a hero. Which, Uh, I guess a pig equals hero in this world? Like, I didn't realize we were in, like, babe slash Charlotte's Web mythology here as well. It's like, it's, um, they're luchadors. They have to wear all this, these masks and fancy clothing. Right, which I'm into. Yeah. I just don't understand why it's a pig. I don't know. And not like a Yeah, boar. it's not like a cool-looking mask either. It's just like a pig face. It's like Porky Pig. Yeah. It's Mucha Lucha. Uh, Mucha Lucha. It's a way of life. Oh, that's another cartoon that I would do a show about. Uh, so he, he's, he's like looking at this stuff and he's like, uh, I don't really know what to do with this. And Joey's like, no, no, no. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to fight for you instead so that, you know, if... If we lose, like, Yugi and, and Mokuba don't lose all their life points. It's just going to be Joey. Joey's, like, he's he's essentially saying, I know I'm the bit player here, but he says it in a way that's like, I'm good at being the hero. Look at me go. Yeah, I'll sacrifice myself so you guys don't get hurt. Uh, Mokuba says, thanks, Joey. And Joey says, forget about it. <laughs> Which is maybe my favorite line. Uh... They enter the Coliseum, and the frog troll gentleman is introducing Joey as the new challenger to the Shadow Coliseum, the one, the only, Senior Porky. And he walks out in his pig mask and his cape, and someone in the audience is just like, more like Senior Dorky. (laughs) Which, like, A, great name. B, great comeback. C, what's even better for me is the next shot where it's inside the mask and it's Joey thinking to himself, well, it's better than being called a lapdog. (laughs) Which, like, come on, Joey. Set some standards for yourself. Have some respect. Yeah, we get, like, an Iron Man inside the mask shot of him in this just, like, cloth pig head. Right. Uh, they introduce the reigning champion that Joey must now defeat. She has a long-ish intro, uh, that I don't, I didn't write down, but they, it's all they just give like her the name. fight intro stuff, like the champion, the, the Sultan of Smash, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and her name is Madam Butterfly, and, uh, out comes, uh, more of these, like, frog troll dudes carrying a, a, like, a lounge chair a palanquin uh, that oh is that what it's I called i think that's a official name for that thing it's one of those chairs with sticks that you can have your servants hold and carry you around right 
so it's one of those and she's sitting on top and it's this blonde woman wearing a big like butterfly mask uh and it's definitely it is 100 percent my or simulation of my uh and the scene the episode i guess just kind of ends with madam butterfly leaping from her spot into the air uh as someone from the crowd yells roast that pig and cut to black to be continued and yay so is that actually my or is kaiba barclay from next generation and has created a virtual world just of people he that he knows Oh man, that's a really good question. I, that, if so, that's creepy. I don't remember the next episode as much. I remember bits of this episode. I want to say it's actually my, but I think I like it better if it's not actually my. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I feel like that world is more true. That Kaiba just created. Like, oh, here's like we're gonna meet like a virtual representation of Taya mm-hmm. later on. Like, oh, I just you know needed needed some some women in this world so. Well, I don't Kinda. know any women besides these two, so I'm going to put them in the in this uh, this virtual reality. Which, uh, you know, I guess is fine depending on what they do in said virtual reality. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? I don't know. There's a lot to enjoy in this episode. Just the whole concept. There's a lot of good fun stuff. I just yeah. like the whole concept of going from this like entire magical like ancient egyptian backstory to now suddenly for like two episodes or however long we get to see these guys run around in a tron world it's just very silly and something you can't do in other shows uh it's just yeah it's fun. And it's like it's it's a bottle episode that also has like stakes kind of outside the series like you know it's going to get resolved but what if it didn't yeah I don't know. It's just fun. Just the the whole concept of this episode is fun. Okay. Silly. No, I'm into that. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like we were saying at the beginning of the episode too, like it's so full of tropes that they can just like clip along at a really good pace now without having to stop to explain the weird bullshit going on because video game. Yeah. Exactly. What was your favorite part of this episode? My favorite part. I feel like I have I have a couple like really good one-liners that I really love. I think my favorite part is actually just the end where it's the audience reactions to Senior Porky. Yeah, who programmed the audience like reactions to make puns that, to insult Joey? That was my exact question. Yeah, I, I was I was trying to figure out who who in Kaiba Corp's job is it to write off-screen diegetic NPC dialogue? Uh and specifically wrote up like I'm picturing like a list of ten insults against Mr. Porky that are just gonna be playing like on a loop. Yeah. Right? Like we're gonna hear the same three insults happening over and over and over again. And it's it's gonna be one of those scenes where like Kaiba didn't expect you to spend a lot of time there. So if they take too long or can't defeat Madam Butterfly, they're gonna see sort of the edges of the programming. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I don't know. I that's always my favorite part in like actual video games too. Is just like standing around and waiting for the NPCs to say the same thing again. It's like in uh, okay, maybe not my favorite part, but I love that part. That just reminds me of the original. I think it was the first Assassin's Creed when you would get followed around by like beggars, and it was like, "Please, sir, my family's sick and dying." Oh yeah, and you would hear, yeah. "My family's sick and dying" for like twenty times an hour. 
Right. And you just want to like turn around and like shiv the guy, yeah. right? Because you're an assassin and that's what you do, but you can't because then you'll lose the mission. Yeah. You can punch him though. <laughs> right. You can run away faster, yeah. but otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's my favorite is like getting a glimpse into the video game world a little bit further there through uh, through Senior Porky. Yeah. Also, the name Senior Porky is just phenomenal. <laughs> Why Senior? Right. Exactly. What like why any of this honestly is it based on a dual monsters yeah is it based on like luchador stuff i'm gonna gonna look this up senior porky (laughs) oh this is gonna be bad save search on save search on i bet that's the name of a restaurant somewhere uh dot com special gift wraps what yeah it's a lot of restaurants a lot of restaurants. Uh, there's a place called Senior Salsa uh, that has a menu item called the Porky Porky. That's on the first page. Is that near you? I don't think so. Okay, because I was going to say Senior Salsa sounds like something someone in the UK would think sounds Mexican. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. All the Mexican places here are like combination takeaway places. Like you can go get like a burger or a taco or a pizza. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what was your least favorite part? Uh, my least favorite part is just stuff we haven't seen yet in this virtual world. Because I feel like if you're going to introduce the concept of a virtual video game world where you have um, where all the dual monsters and things are real, uh, we should see more of that being used to like solve puzzles and like fighting stuff. And I know we're going to see the real monsters fighting each other next episode. But like so far we haven't seen any point to the dual monsters. It's not like in Pokemon where there's like Pokemon everywhere and there's like people using Pokemon to help them like tramp down land to build a house there or like move their belongings or whatever. Uh, It's just like a a generic virtual world that has uh Yu-Gi-Oh like tacked onto it. Yeah, like random encounters where the sprites have been changed to be Yu-Gi-Oh monsters, but they could be anything. Yeah. So far it's Yeah. Uh I'm not impressed with Kaiba's uh virtual world here. I feel like it could be a lot more interesting and use uh dual monsters in more interesting ways. And maybe we'll see some of that That's next fair. episode, but we haven't seen any of that this episode. Right, yeah, that's the thing to remember. Is this is a multi-parter, so things can change. But yeah, I, I agree. That is kind of disappointing when you're like, oh, cool, virtual reality. Oh, it's Minecraft, I guess, yeah. with dual monsters sometimes. There, there's just nothing terribly interesting that sets, sets this world apart from anything we've seen before. And I get right. that it's just like a one-off two-parter, but I feel like they could have done something better with that. Uh, what is your least favorite part of this episode? You know, my least favorite is similar. I think my least favorite is just the plans that people come up with in this episode. Like, ah, yes, it was always our plan to have Kaiba, his soul stolen. Oh, now it's our plan to have Kaiba go into the virtual reality pod and trap him there. Oh, now it's our plan to have these three strangers go into separate virtual reality pods and unplug those reality pods so that they can't help the guy in the one reality pod that we can't unplug for some reason. Yeah. Or, 
Or, oh, our friend is trapped in a virtual world. I bet you we need to go beat the video game that he's trapped in. Well, let's go beat the video game he's trapped in. I can beat the video game he's trapped in. Let's beat it. Uh, and there's like no, I don't know. I, I feel like we, we've had so many episodes of like, here is Kaiba, or not Kaiba, here, or in some cases Kaiba. Like here's Kaiba's diabolical plan to get what he wants. And here's Pegasus's diabolical plan to get what he wants. And here's like evil Kaiba showing up and all these, all these like, intricate like actually unique plans but now it's like well let's just i don't know throw shit at the like go do a, a video game yeah and it just doesn't like i don't know like i'm not asking for the show to respect me or my <laughs> intelligence in any way but it's it's like really we just had like some actually really good plotting and you can the best you can come up with is like oh he's got to be the video game now boop, 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 boop. yeah and like kind of along those lines why do they need to beat him in the video game and why are they sending, right. like, real-life guards in to, like, trap him or unplug him or whatever? Don't you have, like, mod or admin access to the video game? Just go in and, like, delete him or get rid of all his cards or something. Right. Why does the machine need to work at all beyond the point of just locking his body in that chair and trapping him? Yeah. Right? Like... Or, or exploding like it definitely does, and we're never going to hear about that again, right? Like, they're not going to revisit no. that. There's just... It's like, superfluous. If you want to... Yeah, if you want to get something done, like, you have a very simple goal here, which is to take over the company. Like, there are ways to make that happen that are way simpler than you're making it seem right now. Yeah, I feel like if the board members really wanted to get rid of kaiba once and for all they could be like oh he's in this virtual realm let me walk 20 feet over to the wall where we have the uh the fuse box for the entire building i'll just turn that off and trap his mind uh or just delete his mind entirely and then that would be a different episode where it's yugi and the gang breaking into kaiba lab while the backup generators keep kaiba alive for 30 minutes and Yugi has to use his newfound relationship with uh, the Pharaoh to use actual magical powers to incapacitate the guards and get to the board. And then Joey takes over Kaiba Corp. Joey Corp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it went that particular direction, but that would be fun, right? Like it would be it'd be a higher stakes, a sensical plan, and like the same amount of action that we get in this episode. Yeah. The whole point of there is not really any point to these this episode where beyond like oh let's take our characters and put them in a video game Ooh, what if they were trapped there which is like right the oldest trick in the book i will say the the thumbnail for the next episode does include a shirtless joey so maybe they're just like trying to scooch us closer to some fan service <laughs> uh but uh yeah yeah i don't know it doesn't it doesn't feel like it, it really has the same gravitas no, as, as it doesn't have episodes. any weight to it yeah. We all know what's going to happen. That's that's just going to have to be fine. Uh, anything else you want to you want to talk about here? Nope, that's it. Let's get to the cards of the week. See if we can finish all before right. two hours. It's, it's time, time to uh, 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 end the episode, Jimmy. As you know, every week we end our episode with a random card of the week. Uh, there were some actual cards in the episode this week, but I don't particularly feel like talking about any of them because they're all cards we've seen and talked about yeah. before. Is that track? Besides zombies, the, like, there's certain shield. Chocobo bird. Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we actually like see, see it, I yeah. think. Uh, this week's card of the week, which is pulled from my randomly generated list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card, is Plague Wolf. Plague Wolf. Two separate words. Plague Wolf. 
Plague Wolf is a three-star zombie-slash-effect monster. It says once per turn, you can make this card's attack become double its original attack until the end of phase, or until the end phase, pardon me. During the end phase, if this effect of this card was used, destroy this card. And it has 1,000 attack and 1,000 defense. And it looks like a straight-up zombie wolf. Yeah, I've definitely uh, killed this thing before in Resident Evil 4. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, this is 100% just a Resident Evil villain. This is like, uh, it's got like its tongue hanging out. It's got uh, one red eye and one blue eye. Uh, You can see its its ribs sticking out through its like disintegrating mat of fur. Are those ribs or are those just like bone spurs? Those look like spikes to me. Those look deadly. I can't tell. This, uh, This wolf is not doing so hot. No, but... Uh, it does have an interesting effect where it can become 2,000 attack for, uh, well, I guess until the end of your turn, basically, and then it gets destroyed. So if you have, like, a zombie deck or a deck like Rebecca's uh, from last week where, like, monsters in the graveyard make your other monsters stronger, this can be really cool because you can have a cheap card uh, that becomes really strong and then gets discarded, which then makes your other monsters stronger. Yep. It looks exactly what so, you would expect a Plague Wolf to look like. Yeah, this is another one of those where it's like, if you've never looked at a Yu-Gi-Oh card, just sit down and draw a Plague Wolf. Just whatever pops into your head and then go look it up, guaranteed you're going to be maybe 80% correct. All right. Uh, Well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us. Please, please email us. Uh, That's the best way to get in contact with us. It's youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can find our website and all of our episodes at heartofthe.cards. And you can find Jimmy's other podcast at dungeonsagainsthumanity.net or D-A-H podcast on Twitter. Uh, Is a new episode coming out Uh, soon, Jimmy? A new episode was just dropped uh, yesterday. Oh, shit. Oh, it hasn't downloaded on oh. mine yet. Well, it's okay, brand I'm gonna new. Fix that. We're very, very close to the end of the first uh, season, I guess, of the campaign. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on. Uh, we're on a floating island, and there's some really spooky shit going down. So it'll be fun. Sweet. All right. Uh, I think that'll do us for this week. We'll actually end under two hours this week for the first time in a bit. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about season one, episode 44, legendary heroes part two. And until next time, more like Senor dorky.